I can't believe like we're gearing up and heading into the Thanksgiving Christmas season. Can you guys believe that? Like it's already flown by. Um, it's just amazing. I can't believe Thanksgiving's already here. How many of you guys have plans for Thanksgiving this week? Hey, if you don't, um, I heard that you could go over to Thomas's house and he'll give away free foot rubs and feed you turkey. Not really. I'm putting Thomas on the spot. Uh, we like to have fun here. Yeah, well, a lot of people have plans for Thanksgiving, and a lot of people have these traditions that they like to do for Thanksgiving. Like, if you come over to, to our place, we've got a lot of things we like to do. Like, I know Thanksgiving for me, it means football. Dude, we're going to watch some football games Thanksgiving Day because I love watching the Cowboys get beat while I'm eating turkey. I love watching, or should I say the Cowgirls. If you're a Dallas fan, I apologize, kind of. But uh, I love watching the Cowgirls get beat. It's always fun to talk smack with the family while we're watching the football games. We like to go out and shoot stuff in my family. Oh, I heard it. Yeah. So we'll go out and we'll target practice and, and shoot some stuff and have fun. You know, we're probably going to break out the Phase 10 cards. Holy junk. Y'all need to pray for me. In case you don't know, um, my, my wife, Pastor Kelly, who's beautiful, who's awesome, she's great, she changes into something different, though, when we start playing phase 10. It's just crazy. Like, we, we joke around with it, and we call it marriage counseling, because if we got any issues to work out, it's going to come up in the middle of the phase 10 game, I guarantee you, especially while she tries to change the stinking rules of the game in the middle of the game. Have y'all ever played a game with my wife and seen her do that? Yeah, so go back. After, after service today, go over into E-Kids where she's serving and be like, listen, this year, be Christian. And don't change the rules of the game in the middle of the game. Just felt like I, the, the Spirit told me to tell you that. And if like 10 or 15 people go tell her that, she's going to come straight to me and go, what did you do? She'll know, but it'll be funny. So we're going to play Phase 10 and have some fun. Another thing that we like to do, and I know you guys will agree with me on this, we like to eat food. I brought a picture of some Thanksgiving food. Oh my goodness. Have you ever made something that looked that good? Yeah. Oh my Lord. I just want to dive into that screen and just start eating my way out of there. You know, turkey, pumpkin pies. You guys see the cranberry stuff over there. You got some, some uh, dressing. We do dressing. Kelly tried to infest my family with stuffing, but we like to do dressing. How many of y'all are stuffing people? Dressing people, just don't give a flying rip people. All right, yeah, we got a few of those out there too. So, yeah, I love Thanksgiving food. But this is what I've noticed, though, is that in the middle of the football, in the middle of the fun, in the middle of all the stuff that goes on and eating the turkey and all that stuff, the other thing about Thanksgiving and the holidays is that we get to interact with these beautiful people that we call family. And sometimes that's great and sometimes that's awesome. And sometimes that can be a, a little bit of a challenge, just depending on what your family situation is and, and who shows up with, with what attitude or what political view or what kind of recent drama's going on. Like, family's fun, right? Family's just like this special thing. All the people that you deal with in life, but family is a special breed because you can love them and hate them at the same time. Um, and I think that... Uh, not all families have to be packed full of drama, but this is what I find out, that some people have these picture-perfect families, and they don't deal with issues, and they don't deal with the drama, but then you find some families that 
look a little bit like what we're about to see on this video right here. Check this out. This looks fantastic, Mrs. Johnson. Yeah, it almost looks as good as Mom's. Stephanie! Merry Christmas, Dad. Kyle, what a Christmas miracle! Anything for you, Dad. Can we go a different route or something? Why are you even going down this street? This street is terrible this time of day. Can you double time it? Can we just get a little faster, man? I'm kind of late for a flight right now. Literally 15 minutes, I'm stressing out! Have you ever tried to check through security during the holidays? This is freaking nuts! Can you turn up the AC? can't bring up the Asian thing. What Asian thing? Shh. Can't I say Asian in my own home? So James, um, I, I had some Thai food the other day. It was to tie for. Oh. Uh, <laughs> my dad, he, he's not a racist, but he might tell like a bad joke or two. Wait, what? Don't worry about it, just ignore him. Dad! I'm Chinese, but I do love Thai food. Yeah, and we like Chinese food too. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Maybe you could cook some for us. Okay, Carol, we're done. Don't they all cook? I'm sure Chinese people cook. Said he's Chinese, do you I think he doesn't know, know? I don't know much about him, I just met him also, so. Alrighty then. We normally do Christmas presents after dinner, but I just can't help myself. Oh, the new G Phone 6, 7S. Dad. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Daddy. How'd you get this? They're sold out everywhere. A magician never reveals his secrets. I saw it first. Well, anything for my kids. Ho, ho, ho! That's Santa, everybody. It's not. Your brother, the big disappointments, Greg. Johnny, look, I know this has been a hard year for you with the divorce and everything, but I think for Christmas, we're just gonna do our family. I hope you understand. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas. Nobody loves Johnny. But everyone loves Santa. I'm just saying we should give Trump a chance. Okay, I think it's time to take our family Christmas picture. Mm, great idea. Yeah. Yeah. The family's all here. James, get in the picture. No, no, I don't think James should be in the picture. Daddy, that's not fair. It is fair. This is a family picture. James is not family. Oh my god, that's great. so rude. Well, I'm not family yet, but. I was hoping to change that tonight. Oh God. Steph, will you marry me? <laughs> Absolutely not! Hey! What do you think you're doing? You hardly know him! You barely knew Carol when you married her. Have you been there? Some of you are like, I'm about to go there. You just don't know. Family is so special. 
It's so great. Because uh, a lot of times you just don't know what you're getting into. It's like when you marry somebody, you don't just marry them. You marry their family too. You get the whole package, the whole kit and caboodle for better or for worse. You know, I remember when uh, Ke- Kelly and I were, we were engaged and this was so awesome. It was so awesome. Because like, if, you, if you're in my house, like my, my whole life, when we pray, prayer is a formality that you go through before you eat. And so the goal is to thank God for the food and to thank God for the people around you and then get to business, you know. Father, thank you for this food. Thank you for everybody that's here. Amen. And we're going to eat. You know, like the goal is 20 seconds or less. And uh, so I remember going with Kelly to one of her family Thanksgiving get-togethers in Oklahoma. And I was just the new kid on the block. I didn't get to be in the family photo because I wasn't family. I got to take the family photo that day, you know. But uh, they were getting ready to pray around the table for, for before we ate the meal. And there was about, I don't know, 20, 24 of us in there around this big table in this big room. And the the person who was hosting the get-together started, said, let's, you know, let's, let's say uh, grace before we eat. So he started praying. And 20 seconds went by, and I'm like, whoa, hey, now, we're getting, we're, we're, this is a slight breach in etiquette. I'm not used to this. He just kept praying. Just kept praying. And we got about to the minute mark, and, and he was kind of wrapping up, and I thought, okay, a minute, that's a little more than I'm used to, but I can roll with that. Apparently, the guy's got a lot to be thankful for. That's cool. He stopped praying, and his wife picked up where he left off, and she just started praying. Oh, God, we just thank you, like my husband said, for all of this stuff and for all of this food and thank for this and thank you for that. And I'm thinking, okay, well, she felt the need to pray because she's the wife and she's making the guests feel welcome too, so that's cool too. So she prayed for about a minute, and when she was done, the person next to her started praying too, and then I realized, holy junk, this is what these people do. They just pray in the big circle, and I thought, I started doing the math. I'm like, if this keeps up, there's over 20 people here. It's going to be like 20 minutes before we start to eat the food, and the next person started praying, and then they tagged off, and then the next person started praying, and they tagged off, and the next person started praying, and I was starting to check out because I wasn't used to having to stay focused this long before food. I was thinking I was ready to dive right into the meal, you know, and they just kept praying and thankful for this and thankful for that, and God, we thank you for this, and I was thinking, man, this this is insane. About halfway through it, the turkey got up off the table and looked around and be like, hey, if y'all going to keep doing this for a little bit. I'm going to go outside, get some breath of fresh air, and come back in, and then we can get on with this. That's what I felt like was going to happen. And I thought, man, they should have gave me a heads up so that I could have had some strategy about this, because three quarters of the way through it, I had to go to the bathroom like nobody's business. And I thought, if you just let me know, I could have done the pre-prayer bathroom trip and been cool for whatever was happening. But now I'm sitting here about to wet myself while this cousin over here is thanking God for a dirt bike that I hadn't even seen, and I don't understand what's going on here. And they were just praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And praying, and just about 20 minutes later, they were done praying for. And it was weird because I had to stay focused because you don't want to like space out in the prayer. And then it comes to be your turn, and then now everybody's waiting on you. And you, you know, so you had to stay focused and all this stuff and have the mental game we're not used to. It was a little bit of a shock for me. Now, I love God, but I wasn't ready for all that. And 
Have y'all, y'all experienced that before, like culture shock with family, you know? Um, and it's great, and I thought that's awesome because they love God, and they just want to pray, and that's cool. I wasn't used to that because that's not how we roll in my house. And what's funny is, still to this day, my girls take after Kelly's side of the family. So, like, if I'm praying, it's down to business. We're about to eat. You know, you pray through at the altar, not at the dinner table. That's my philosophy. Um, but my girls, they just, I just, they're so cute when they do it, but I'm like, clock's ticking, food's getting cold, what are we doing here? Thank you for this, and we pray for this person, we pray for that person, I'm like, we can pray for them tonight before you go to bed, it's time to eat, you know, just like, I love people, but God knows what's going on in their lives, he can already help them work through that, we just, he knows we're hungry, and we need to eat right now, otherwise, we might not be allowed to pray for people later, you know, so... That's just so, <laughs> so it's culture shock sometimes with family. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can go into the holiday season and we go into interactions with family and we have a, uh, a tendency to, to run into roadblocks there because we have um, expectations of what holidays with families are supposed to be like. And then there's a reality of what holidays with family sometimes can be. And for some people, it's not that big a deal. But for some people, it's a huge deal. Because, I mean, think about it. If there's one place you ought to be able to go where you can just let your guard down and be yourself, it ought to be with your family, right? You know, if there's one place that you could be able to go where there just should be a peaceful environment and everybody's getting along, it should be with family, with people that you know and people that you love. If there's a place where you know you should be loved, it's with family. If there's a place where you feel like you should be accepted and encouraged, it should be with family. You know? So we go in with that expectation, but quite often the reality of that is just on a different planet for a lot of people and a lot of families. Because of drama, because of unresolved hurt, and anger issues because of things, little fights and little frictions and, and little things that have gone on, petty stuff, you know, and the busyness of the season and everybody upset with a cousin that didn't show up this year and, and, and all of this stuff that can potentially happen, you know. Our expectations sometimes of what it should be gets let down because of the reality of what is because at the end of the day when we go to hang out with family, we're hanging out with people. Even if they're family, they're still people. And sometimes people can be difficult to get along with. So what we wanted to do today is just take a look at the Bible and look at some practical stuff that can help work us through what might be some difficult times over the next several weeks as we're getting into the holiday season. Some of us are traveling and and heading out for Thanksgiving with family. Some of us have family coming in, so you've got a lot of work and a lot of prep to do. Uh, So the potential is there for a hectic kind of schedule and, and for potential conflict so we wanted to look at the word of God and make sure that we're prepared to deal with this stuff as we go into the holiday season Does that sound 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 good to you guys it'll help you out a little bit so let's look at the book of first Peter chapter 2 starting at verse 12 and when I when I go into like Thanksgiving and, and Christmas like for me mentally and and all that, like, I'm off. Like, I shut down because this is my time off. You know, how many of y'all, you just get the time off, you get a couple of days in a row where you've got the days off, you can just unplug, unwind, get ready to have some fun mentally. I'm off because I don't have to check my phone. I don't have to go into the office. I don't have to do anything. There's no major demands on what I do. I'm off. But what we've got to remember as people of God is this, Okay. 
our witness when we go to these places isn't off. We're always on. We're always on. So we got to have that mindset, even when we get around family where we tend to let our guard down, and sometimes we forget that we're supposed to represent the gospel and everything that we say and we do. We've got to remember that we're on, even in the holidays, and especially when we're around family that might need to hear something about Jesus. First Peter 2, 12 says this, Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Now, we can take out neighbors there because neighbors covers everybody, and we can just put family in there. So be careful to live properly among your unbelieving family. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, which sometimes happens, they will see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Peter's reminding us, hey, guys, don't forget to live your life in such a way that you are setting an example You are showing yourself to be different. That you are setting yourself apart by your conduct, by your speech, by what you do. And you are showing the gospel by how you live your lifestyle. Even around family. So that if nothing else, that if it all just, the holiday season goes down the toilet. And it's just drama fest and all this stuff. That they'll be able to look at you and see a difference in how you react and how you respond and what you do and what you say. And see that difference of Jesus inside of you. We're not off during the holiday season. We're on. And this helped me a long time ago in dealing with family. Because I'm used to being off. Mentally, I'm checked out. I'm off. But then I remembered I'm not off. Because i got to be a witness all the time. So i got to be careful about that stuff. It helps me to think that when I go into like work or, or family environments. Especially during the holidays. I'm not going there to unplug. I'm going there on a missions trip. Okay, so when you spend time with your family over the next several weeks, you're on a missions trip. And that helped me in my mindset. Like when you go on a missions trip, nothing really bothers you because you're ready to show up and serve and just give yourself completely to the task because you're there on a mission. Okay, um, when, when you go on a missions trip, if you have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to drive three or four hours to go to a village, to tell people about Jesus, that doesn't bother you because you're there on a mission. If you're on a mission strip and you've got to dig a ditch or clean toilets or do dishes or do what, whatever, help build a house, help whatever, it doesn't matter to you because you're there on a mission because you're on a mission strip. Okay? When we go to be with our families, guys, we're on a mission strip. So it doesn't matter what we have to do. It doesn't matter how long the drive is doesn't matter how we have to serve. If we can get our mindset to shift gears and see ourselves as people on a mission trip when we're with our families, that's a game changer. That is a complete game changer because it changes our philosophy. Now we're not going to show up to try to get something from a group of people to try to get affirmation or try to get love or try to get encouragement or try to get those things that a lot of people think that they should get from family. We're showing up to bring something to the situation. Okay? We're showing up to bring something to the situation. And that's where I want us to switch gears as we head into the holiday seasons, guys. Is I don't want us to focus on what you're getting, but focus on what you're bringing to the party. Don't focus on what you're getting, but focus on what you're bringing to the party. Now, I don't know how it works in, in your house, 
But when we have people over, we all get together. Like, we assign different people to bring different foods and different things, you know. So we say, your job's to make the turkey. Uh, your job is to bring the broccoli casserole. Oh, your job is to bring the mac and cheese. It's your job to bring the pumpkin pie. It's your job to bring this, you know. And so we, we assign stuff so that when we go to a place, we're not just showing up to sit down and eat stuff. We're responsible, so we're bringing something to the party. And I brought some stuff uh, today. I brought marshmallows because you need marshmallows for Thanksgiving, especially to go in some hot chocolate. But what do you put marshmallows on top of? Ooh, sweet potato, castle souffle stuff. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so I thought I'd just share some food this morning with you guys uh, as we're getting ready for Thanksgiving this week. Who could use some marshmallows to help with what you got going on? I, nobody wants some marshmallows? Anybody wants the media guys back there? Marshmallows? All right, there we go, media. Marshmallows back there. Marshmallows for you. Now, I know you guys might not cheat and use like instant mashed potatoes, but mashed potatoes and gravy is a huge thing to you uh, to have because uh, it just goes great. Gravy's great on the dressing. Gravy's great on the turkey and mashed potatoes. But I, who likes mashed potatoes and gravy? Anybody? Who wants some mashed potatoes and gravy? Everybody? All right. Let me see some hands. Y'all are acting shy. I'm not going to throw the jar at you. I see y'all are already sweating it. Pastor Josh is a little crazy today. He's just throwing stuff all over the place. So if I promise not to throw the jar at you, who wants some mashed potatoes and gravy? Once, twice. Who is it? I got a hand over here. All right. What's some other stuff that's popular for Thanksgiving that you guys bring? Here you go, bud. Yeast rolls. Oh, my gosh. You just lost me with that. I could eat rolls all day long. Pumpkin? Pumpkin for pumpkin pies. Who needs some pumpkin for pumpkin pies? Anybody? Wow. Bam. There you go. Pumpkin and stuffing? Oh, teach me your ways. That sounds amazing. How do you do that? I know I'm working this side of the room a little too much, so I got to come over here. Now, I, my wife snuck this in here. I see it now. I told her not to, but I see it. She put stuffing in my back. We don't do stuffing. I hate Who likes stuffing? I'm going to get rid of this fast. Anybody want a box of stuffing? All right. So we got some stuffing from my friend here. There you go. All right. So when you show up to a place, you bring the goods. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know who gets crazy like this. Who likes collard greens? Collard greens. We got it. Okay, there you go. Collard greens. Collard greens are good, but you got to have some hot sauce to put on them. You, you do not have a collard greens right if you don't put some sauce on them. Yams. Anybody like yams? Okay, we got some yams right here. Have a yammy time with your yams. And what else we got in here? Some of y'all are looking down at the ground hoping I don't bring anything to you. Crispy fried onions for stuff. Put that on top of stuff. Anybody else? Green bean casserole. Who wants some of that? All right. See, y'all are starting to loosen up a little bit this morning. I didn't know Pastor Joshua was going to be stocking us up with stuff today. And then, oh, my goodness, what we got here? Green beans. I feel like I need to give you green beans to go with the, the onion stuff, so we're going to give you that just out of principle. Cranberry sauce in a can. How many of y'all go ghetto like that? Can I throw? All right. Cranberry sauce in a can. This is a big hit with our family. Do you guys do cream corn? Yeah. 
Who does cream corn? Homemade cream. Who wants some cream corn? Once, twice, three. Okay. Serena's like, give me the cream corn. All right. Cream corn. So there you go. Oh, for corn nuggets? That's what I'm talking about. So when you go places, you bring stuff. That's what you're supposed to do. So this is where I want us to think. When we're hanging out with our families, all right, we're not just bringing food. All right, we've got to make sure that we're bringing the pies. We got to bring the pies. This is where I'm going today, trying to tie this all in and be a fancy preacher. Got to bring the pies. Because if we're bringing stuff, we need to make sure we're bringing the spiritual stuff too. Amen? All right? So pies, what does this stand for? P for pray. We got to make sure that we're praying. Praying beforehand. All right? It doesn't do us much good to talk about all the issues that we might be running into. What about if this year, instead of getting all caught up with that and allowing ourselves to get frustrated and allowing ourselves to just accept what might happen year after year, I know if I go there, my sister is just going to make it a mission to make my life miserable. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Or just accepting the fact that I know that as soon as we sit down, and everybody's got turkey and ham and maybe some meatloaf on their plate. I got a cousin that's going to say, I just want to thank God that I am a vegan. And I don't have to eat the rotted, decaying flesh of animals that were sensually murdered. You know? Um, so, see, y'all got real quiet. Y'all don't know what to do on that one. But you know those awkward family situations that pop up sometimes. We don't have to just accept that it's going to be that way. We can pray beforehand. And speak the solution that we want to see before we get to the problems. Amen? So let's pray about it. Um, instead of just saying it's going to be that way, God, you know what? I pray for my Aunt Trixie. Uh, she's a little weird. And you know she's weird. And you know how she gets crazy. And nobody really wants to hear about all the special needs that her cats and dogs have. Lord, please, 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 please help Trixie to know that. And, and maybe help me have a soft heart. For Trixie, so I don't get aggravated. Lord, Uncle Bob, I know, is going to talk about politics and try to dominate the room again this year. Please, Lord. You know what? If you could give Uncle Bob a sore throat so he couldn't talk, that'd be awesome. But if you choose not to do that, Lord, I'm having fun with you today. But just pray, pray, pray the solution. And you know what will happen? God will start to show you some stuff. Because when you complain about people, it fuels your frustration. But when you pray for people, you begin to see them through God's eyes. And you'll see something change. And you know what? Even if it doesn't change something with the people that you're going to be around, it'll change you. And if you pray about these people, you'll realize, you know what? Uncle Bob dominates the room and is loud and annoying because Uncle Bob, deep inside, is incredibly insecure and has a low self-esteem. And the only way he can feel better about himself is to make the other people around him feel small and uneducated. And God will show you that stuff. Am I, am I getting too close this morning for some of us? But God will show you that stuff and give you a heart for those people. And you'll see them through different eyes. 
change your attitude completely. And if you go in with a different perspective and you go in with a different attitude, the holiday season will have a completely different result. So pray. Pray, pray, pray for those people. Pray for your family. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel with them because we're going there as missionaries this year. Not to be a victim to what's happening, uh, by what's happening around the room. We're going there on a mission to live our lives in such a way that people can look at us and see the gospel by how we live. We're going there prayed up and ready to see God move in the lives of our families because we've got a great opportunity a great opportunity because we already got relationships with them. We already got history with them. And if they see the difference in us, they're probably going to listen to us if we get an opportunity. So pray. Pray for them. Second thing is this. So P is for pray. I is for include. I is for include. Every family, it seems like, has got some kind of black sheep. Got some kind of black sheep. And every family get-together, it seems like there's always one or two people that kind of separate themselves from everybody else and kind of sit out on the edge, and they're not really included in what's happening, whether it's their choice to separate themselves from it because they just don't click with people, or if the group is just kind of knowing, you know what, they're, they're just odd, and we don't want anything to do with them, so we're going to do our thing and kind of push them over to the side. Now, how many of y'all seen that happen in family gatherings? Yeah, so there's always this, this oddball on the outside. And you know what? Sometimes it's been me and, and our family get-togethers. Um, if I'm not careful, I can be that oddball and kind of separate myself out. So I have to work real hard to engage myself. But we serve a Jesus, the Bible says, who came to this earth to seek and save those who were lost. Okay? We serve a Jesus who came and lived his life. If you look at Jesus' life, he... He was always going for people that were on the outside. He was always going for outsiders. He was always going for social outcasts. He was always going for the people that society pushed out on the fringe. He was always trying to include people into the conversation. So if we want to mirror the heart of Jesus, let's make sure this season we're including people and including ourselves and what's happening. Don't wait for people to include you. You include them in what's happening with your life. You include them with what God's been doing in your life. You come in and take control of the situation this year instead of letting people push you around. But make sure that we're including those people that might be on the outside so we can start praying. We start by praying and say, God, you know what? This person is usually on the outside. This person's gone through a lot. Lord, I just pray that you give me what to say and how to say it, Lord. And you give me a heart to, when the opportunity's right, to, to include these people in what's happening so they don't feel like they, they're left out of what's going on. And give me an opportunity to show them your love with what I can do and what I can say while we're together this year. So pray and make sure that we're including people this year in what's happening. And the E, so we got P-I-E, is encourage. Encourage. Be an encourager this year when you're together with your family. How many of y'all wish that you could get a little more encouragement in your life? Oh, man, if I could, I would pay people to just follow behind me and go, you can do it. You're wonderful. You're great. You know, I just have this team of people that would just come up, and they'd throw confetti, and one of them would play an instrument, so I'd have my own theme music when I walked into a room, and it'd be like, here comes Josh. Bump, 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 bump. And I'd just walk around 
Showing all the swag because I have people that encourage me all the time. You know what, Josh? You look taller today. I love you. Thank you so much. Josh, you got shine in your eyes. You just look, oh, I love it. And you are so polite. Your breath smells so good today, Josh. We, you're just a joy to be around. I would love for people to encourage me like that. We, we need encouragement because there's not a lot of it out there in the world. There's really not. We live in a really critical society, and we live in a world that's all about the image you know, and you either got it or you don't. And, and so there's not a lot of encouragement out there. Let's be, let's be encouragers around our family this year. Why is that important? It's huge because sometimes we forget this, but the holidays often amplify what's missing in our lives. The holidays often amplify what's missing in our lives. Suicide rates in the holiday season skyrocket because people are reminded of what's missing in their lives for the single person they're going to be around all the family with all the husbands and all the wives and all the grandmoms going to go well honey why don't you have a man yet because i don't have one grandma i don't leave me alone get out of my business well it's okay it's okay, I know you're in your 30s, but the Lord can still bring somebody in. Don't give up hope, it'll be just fine. So, yeah, when we're single, those things are amplified, though, because we want someone to be with us during the holidays. Holidays are supposed to be that time of sharing. And if that's missing, it can be amplified in your life, you know. And when you have family get-togethers and somebody can't make the trip, a lot of times you notice more on the holidays like during during the rest of the year if if the family can't all get together it kind of gets overlooked and it's no big deal but if you don't make the drive for christmas the family's going to notice you're not there and if uncle so-and-so is not there the family's going to notice that they're not there you know so maybe if your track record is to maybe not be as involved with family because of the travel or because of the driver, because of the, the work that's involved in getting all the kids packed up and heading over to, to mom's house. Hey, listen, take the time to be with family this year, okay? Because you might not have the opportunity to be with them next year. Through the holiday season especially, for families, we remember the loved ones that we've lost along the way there's those empty chairs at the table where grandmother used to sit where granddad used to sit where children used to be where a husband or a wife used to be and if you've lost someone that you love during the holidays how can you not how can you not help but think about them And when family gets together, how can you not celebrate the memories that you have and and celebrate the time that you had with them and celebrate the great things about their life? But if you care about the person, you're going to know that they're missing. That's why we've got to be careful to encourage our family when we're there. Because, you know what, maybe they went through the divorce this year and they're feeling awkward about it and they're feeling horrible about it and their guts are just ripped out and they need someone to not just talk about what they went through but to come in and encourage them 
and let them know that it's going to be better and to let them know that, that, that the life is not over and there's something on the other side of this storm and that it can keep on going and God's got a plan and a hope and a future for them and they don't have to feel overwhelmed by what's going on because you serve a God that can help them walk through the process and you can use that beautiful opportunity to give them the gospel of Jesus. And if you're here today and you've lost someone, and I don't know if anybody, everybody's lost someone, it seems like. You're here today and you've lost someone. Let me, let me encourage you, okay, this holiday season. I've lost people too, and I know I'm going to take time along the way, and I'm going to think about the memories, and I'm going to think about the times. I'm going to think about the opportunities that I had. And, and probably, if I'm not careful, this is where we'll beat ourselves up. We'll think about the opportunities that we might have missed with the people that we feel like were taken from our lives too soon. Let me encourage you on a couple of things, all right? One, let me encourage you right now to let God heal and continue to restore that part of your heart. Okay? Don't close that off. Open that up and let God continue to heal and let him restore. Okay? Because there's parts of your heart that only God can get to. And when you lose someone that you love, and you feel like they were taken from you too soon, that's a part that nobody can get to but God. I know what I'm talking about. It's a part that no one can get to but God. So let him heal and let him restore. Let him, let him. Let him remind you That your life, your life is not over. Okay? And you can still find joy. And you can still find peace. And you can still find happiness. And you can still find contentment. But it's going to come from Him. So you got to open up that part of your heart. And allow Him to do what only He can do. And heal and restore. Amen? He's the only one that can do that. People go through a lot in the holiday seasons. A lot of people hurt. A lot of people go through stuff. Let's be encouragers this year and not get so caught up in what we may be dealing with and the things that we might be facing. But let's remember during the holiday seasons it amplifies what's missing in our lives and the things that we might have lost. We point people to Jesus who gives hope and future. That's what we do. Let's encourage people when we're with our families this year. So we got P I E. The last one, S, is for serve. Serve. This holiday season, let's be people that serve. Let's be people that serve. Look at the book of Romans, chapter 12. Starting at verse 19. It says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. That means don't walk around feeling like you got to get back at everybody. Put it in the hands of God and let him take care of it. Put it in God's hands. For it is written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, that means the exact opposite of what we just said. Don't take revenge, do the exact opposite. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Let's take out that word enemy there and let's put Uncle Bob in there. If Uncle Bob is hungry, feed him. Feed him. If Aunt Lulu Bell is hungry, feed her. 
If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. What does that mean, Pastor Josh? That means literally, if you do that, it's like going into a fireplace, scooping up a bunch of hot coals and just dumping it on their head so they have to just suffer. That's not what it's about. You know what it means? It means it makes them uncomfortable because it's not natural to be served by somebody that you're supposed to have friction with, somebody that you're in conflict with. It's not natural. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, if you've got people that you don't naturally click with in your family, and people that's just always friction between you and them, the best way, the best way to remove that from the situation is to go in with an attitude and a heart of a servant and just serve them and love them. It'll blow their minds. I don't know how many people in the past I've had issues with that I didn't naturally click with or there was just friction with for whatever reason because sometimes there are those people in life, you know. But when I went in to serve them, and it takes a lot of maturity to do this because you don't naturally like people like this because you're not clicking with them. But you reflect the heart of Jesus and you go in like a servant. You humble yourself and you do what you can. Picking up a plate. Taking it to the trash can. Making sure that their drinks are always filled. Serving them. Serving them. You can win people over because it's not natural. And what's best is you're going to show them a beautiful picture of Jesus by what you do. Going in with a heart to serve. Students, hey, I, I bet you would absolutely Blow your parents' minds this year. If this year you said, you know what, I'm going to be a servant in my house, and I'm going to make sure that my room is clean before my parents ever ask me to because we got company coming over. I'm going to help mom and dad clean the house to get ready for the company that's coming over. I'm going to help mom and dad pack the car so that we can drive wherever we're going to go. They're not going to have to yell at me. They're not going to have to fuss at me. I'm just naturally on my own going to want to help them out and serve them, and I'm going to have a great attitude about it. You will blow your parents' minds. Can I get an amen from the parents this morning? It would be awesome to see that. It would be awesome to see that because that would just reduce so much friction and so much drama. And students, I'll give you a heads up. Parents, don't listen to any of this, okay? This is just for the students that are in here and the kids that are in here this morning. If you do that and you make your parents' life a joy and if you do things without them having to ask you to do it, just remember that Christmas is coming soon. All right? And if you're sowing good seed to mom and dad and being a good kid, sometimes you're going to see a pretty good return on that come Christmas time. All right? But the motive is just to serve. The motive is to serve. Um, Husbands, can I talk to you for a little bit? And this might not be an issue in your household because you might be just knocking it out of the park, husband of the year, okay? But for a lot of guys, we tend to let the wives do a lot of the legwork in the house. What if this year, what if this year you kicked it up another notch and you helped your wife clean the house? And you help vacuum. And you help get all the dishes ready. And you help get all the tables set. And you help do all the yard work. And you get everything. You're there to be a blessing to her instead of waiting for her to come to you with a list to nag you into doing it. What if you took the initiative to honor your wife 
and serve her the way that Christ served the church. And you say, you know what, baby? We got people coming into town. Let's figure this out. We're a team. We're going we're gonna to hit this together. You do this. I'll do that. I'm right here with you. You're not going to have to nag me or give me a list because I'm going to be that guy who knocks it out of a park this year. It's going to be great. You can help do dishes, can't we, husbands? We can help clean up a little bit. We can be more involved in what happens. We don't have to just plop down and watch football the entire day. Because I'll tell you what happens. Because when we don't jump in and participate like we should as husbands, then the wives have to pick up the slack. And when the wives pick up the slack in the house long enough, wives get tired. When wives get tired, wives tend to get cranky and a little more emotional than normal. So listen to me, husbands. If you don't want a cranky, emotional, aggravated wife, put out the fire before it starts and don't put too much on her plate. Jump up, be the servant, and don't make her carry more weight than she's intended to. You be the man and lead by example and be a servant in your home. Amen? Because a wife that's happy and well-rested, all the wives close your ears. That works out pretty good for you sometimes too, husbands. All right? That's not the motivation, but hey, it doesn't hurt. Love your wives. Prefer them. Help them out. Be a servant this year is what I'm saying. If, if we want to see a difference in the holidays, we've got to bring the pie. So we've got to pray. We've got to make sure that we're including. We've got to make sure that we're encouraging. And we've got to make sure that we serve. Why? Because of Mark chapter 10. We've got to remember, we don't focus on what we're getting, but on what we're bringing to the party this year. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if we want to be a picture of Jesus this year, we're missionaries bringing something to the party. We're going to pray, include, encourage, and we're going to serve. And we're going to show people Jesus by what we say and what we do. And you know what? Even if it doesn't change anything about the family dynamics this year, it's changed us. And it's changed our focus, and it's changed our perspective. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, that's where the problem is anyway. It's not so much in what happens. It's how we choose to respond to it. Perspective and attitude is everything. Jesus came to serve and not be served. It's beautiful to me. His whole life was just this beautiful sacrifice. You know, a lot of times people get misconceptions about God, misconceptions about Jesus, and they think God is this guy who's up in heaven getting ready to blast us all with lightning bolts. And there is, he, he, he does have wrath in his personality, will. But he sent Jesus to this earth so that we don't have to experience that. And we're rolling into the holiday seasons. We're going to be looking at Thanksgiving. We're going to be looking at Christmas. It's time to be reflective on things that we should be thankful for. And then we celebrate the birth of Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I've got a Savior that came and died and gave his life for me. And I'm thankful that he's given me the opportunity to share that love and to share that hope with everyone around me and especially my family. And you might be here today and you've never experienced the love of Jesus and you've never experienced that, that life inside of you. You've never, you don't know what it's like 
to live a life knowing that you have been forgiven, that your past has been wiped away, and, and that you have crossed over from what the Bible calls from death to life because of the work that Jesus has done in your heart. And I don't want you to leave today without that opportunity. So all across this place right now, heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to ask a question. Is Jesus Lord and Savior of your life?